Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Russ M., and I'm the moderator for today, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, September 29th, 2023. We're, uh, we're reading from the Big Book in a Vision for You, page 156, that fifth paragraph. And we're starting with, uh, here was a prospect, all right, and ending with, we'll be down. All right, our readers today, uh, for the steps, Lynn S., the traditions, Karen W., our reading the text is Amory M., page 164 is 10s and P., our backup readers, Nancy R., newcomer readers, Nancy C., and the second hour host is Eileen M., and thank you very much for your service. All right, the reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, September 28th. Uh, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,685-20685. The 10 a.m. Meeting Eastern Time is 20,686-20686-686. All right, the OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We, we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Nines, to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, Vision. Lynn S., compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, Lynn. Next up with the 12 traditions is Karen W. Good morning. This is Karen W. from Kitty, Texas. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige diverge from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and COA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for this opportunity to be of service. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate it. My pleasure. How our meeting works. Yep. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to the to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study in the big book and a vision for you, page 156. We are in the fifth paragraph. Here was a prospect, all right, and end it with, we'll be down. So um, I have Anne-Marie M. is going to start us off today. Good morning, Russ. This is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina, uh, great, gratefully recovered from um, compulsive eating. 
here is um, here was a prospect, all right, but um, by the description, not too promising. The use of spiritual principles in such cases was not so well understood as it is now. But one of uh, one of the friends said, "Put him in a private room. We'll be down." And again, Anne-Marie M. recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, recovered through God's grace and by working the steps in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So um, what stood out to me was that the uh, spiritual principles were not so well understood as it is now, meaning in 1939. So they, in 1939, when they wrote the book, my, my, what I get out of it is that they had a good understanding of spiritual principles. And, you know, uh, Dr. Bob and Bill got together in 1935, and they were uh, very much involved in the Oxford group, where I believe they learned most of their spiritual principles and was able to bring that in to help other other um not compulsive eaters but other alcoholics at the time and that's what they taught i believe was guided them to god to a a power greater than themselves um for me i realized that i was powerless over compulsive overeating so what that meant is I had no power over some of the foods that I put in my mouth. That Some of the foods that I put in my mouth triggered me to have uh, a reaction. The reaction was craving for more. So um, what I needed was a power that was going to help me not go for those trigger foods. And the first thing I needed to do was put down the food to get it out of my system. And that I did, um, you know, it took me a long time. I did it reluctantly at first. A lot of things I didn't want to give up. But eventually I did give up all those so that I was able to then have the spiritual awakening that I did. And so grateful, so, so grateful for this meeting. This is not any kind of a group, anybody that's new on this line. It's not any kind of particular way um, to uh, alcohol. This is an Overeaters Anonymous meeting that studies the big book. And the big book is um, we learn spirituality and, and where I learned how to get a power greater than myself, which I call God, and I learned how to develop a relationship with that God. I had a God when I first came in, but the relationship I had is is nothing that I have now. Thank you. Pass. All right, Amory. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you starting us off. So now we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so others get a shot to share, too. So if you share it on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, please step back. 
And all I would ask is one at a time, if you can, as I know it's tough. Just want to make sure I get here, everybody. Who wants to share on this? Janet. Janet. Janet Loretta H. Loretta A. Janet B. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Janice PM. Janet B. Uh, Loretta H. Okay. Who Max else? Tina S. I, Linda. I got Tina. Tina S. Is that, there was a Max. Max. Was Maxine. Yes, Maxine F. All right, Maxine and F. Lynn and F. Lynn. Lynn F. You can take two more. Bonnie B. Mary G. And Bonnie B. All right. Mary G. and Bonnie B. That's a great list. Thank you so much. All right. So we got Janice PM, Janet B., Loretta H., Tina S., Maxine F., Lynn F., Mary G., and Bonnie B. Janice PM. You're up. <clears throat> Thank you, Russ M. Um, Janice P.M., recovered compulsive overeater from um, Massachusetts. Um, okay, this is this. You can hear me, right? I don't know why I hear bells. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. All right. No problem. Thank you. Okay, so here was a prospect. Well, how did they know? He was a prospect. That's a new member, a newcomer. Well, don't forget, he was a, an attorney. And uh, what they said before, let me just see what's going on. Um, he was an attorney. Um, and just like I can identify, this disease, This first of all, this paragraph is small, but it has so much in it. This is how we do a 12-step call. This is how Bill and Bob, to keep themselves sober and reach out for the purpose of helping somebody else. They didn't say, oh, no, he's been in the hospital eight times and, you know, in, in six months, he, he's not going to get it. Nope, nope. It's got nothing to do with us as sponsors. It's got everything to do with the divine. So here he is. Here was a prospect. Yeah, he was a real alcoholic. How did they know? Well, he couldn't control his, his liquor. It tells you if you're back, you know, if you're relapsing and relapsing. I didn't really know the problem. So um, that's what that is. By the description, was none too promising. He, it seemed, he seemed hopeless, but he wasn't. Because, you know, it's up to the divine. It's up to my higher power, whom I call God. So, um, and it doesn't, this disease doesn't know who you are. doesn't matter if you're a housewife or a teacher or a young person or an old person. doesn't matter if he was a lawyer. That had nothing to do with his disease. His disease didn't happen because he was a lawyer. Okay, and again, it was mentioned, um, it's required. They knew, even though they were, Dr. Bob, I think, was very newly sober, that they both had to go out to keep sober themselves and, and tell their story to this Bob Dobson, not Bill Dobson, I'm sorry. Now, his story is on page 182, if you'd like to read the story. And um, I've been, I, was, uh, I visited Ohio once uh, with a group, and uh, there's that famous picture, you know, I don't know if most of us have seen it, with the two men at the bed. 
and the bed in the bed was Bill Dobson, and it's a great picture. Now, how did these people? They didn't. Bill and Bob didn't mind if uh, if they were in the hospital too many. They just went out and acted on faith and service because they knew they're not going to get him sober, or they're not going to bring him to the principles. It's going to be divine. It's going to be God. So you're going to see a thread. I see a thread anyway, most of us do, to this whole call. And those of us that have experienced some more of the history, you know, it's so easy to see. So we're required to just carry the message and God will give the power to the person in the program of recovery. And yes, they, uh, they, the book wasn't written yet. So they didn't have the spiritual principles like we have. And so he he seemed hopeless. Bill Dobson seemed hopeless. That's why he was a good prospect, because he was really out of control. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janet. Appreciate it. Next up is Janet B., followed by Loretta H., Hi, good morning. It's Janet D. Recovered Compulsive Eater in North Carolina, formerly of New Jersey, and formerly one of the people who would have been called a prospect who was none too promising. Um, my first six and a half years in Overeaters Anonymous, I never got more than two weeks of abstinence. Um, and I'm looking and I'm thinking, okay, what was it? And it was, they didn't use spiritual principles on me. I came around and I was handed a food plan and told, admit you're powerless over food and stick to a food plan. Well, that makes no sense. That's not spiritual principles. If I could get a perfect food plan and stick to it, I would succeed in any of the paying ways. Um, I couldn't stick to it. I was powerless. It would be like a doctor telling someone, see this x-ray, this proves you have cancer. Now that you know you're powerless over cancer, now go make your cancer cells stop multiply. That would be crazy, but that's what was told to me for my first six and a half years until, thank God, a woman saw me, a prospect none too promising, but helped me anyway. And she taught me spiritual principles. And the basic spiritual principles that I had to learn was, first of all, I had to be rigorously honest because if I'm not honest, it's like I'm taking a black Sharpie and writing the words, keep out God across my heart. God won't coexist with dishonesty. And then the bottom of page 157, they really tell us it's, you know, surrender to God. Just do whatever I think God would want me to do. Not what I want to do. I surrender not just my food, but my whole life, my marriage, my kids, my job. He gets it all. I try and do what he wants. And then help others. Because by nature, we're a selfish lot. Well, I was a selfish person. And so I had to just like train myself to start doing things for other people. And miraculously, um, when I started being honest, surrendering to God's will and helping others, the obsession with food just disappeared. God just yanked it out of my soul. And that's my understanding of spiritual principles and how to apply them. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janet. Next up is Loretta H. Followed by Tina S. 
Good morning, Russ. And on along with my precious God who saves my life, Reda H. North Carolina. Uh, this is a the twelve step promise. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result, we tried to carry this message to and to practice the principles in all our affairs. And I don't think Bob and Bill they had a God, but I don't think they even realized I didn't realize very long into program what a spiritual principle even was. But just knowing that this was so freely given to me and that I had to I call it the gift that keeps on giving, that I had to give it away. And I think um, somebody said it the other day, to, for one who has given so much, one also is expected to um, a lot of. And uh, it's interesting because at first he's a first-class alcoholic, and then you see him as a lawyer, which is he thinks he's a first-class citizen, and then he doesn't think he is because he's in this private room and why are you putting me this um first class alcoholic in this private room and it was like it 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 just kind of it was god it was a god sighting what i call a god sighting is because everything worked out this man who was um at one time had a reputation a good one and now he doesn't and then he's put in this private room where he feels as though somebody's seeing him even though he's in the straits of this disease that he's somebody maybe and then they talk to him about you know their uh, experience strength and hope and then he is able to see some sort of a light and it is about spiritual principles because um, each month I try to practice the spiritual principle of the step uh, tradition and the concept and this month it's love uh, structure and ability this has helped me so much in walking out into each day and trying to carry that message and if there is somebody I need to help I can actually have that on my heart and I think they did and that's why it worked it's one alcoholic talking to another alcoholic and then ironically I can become a first-class citizen oh my god who would have thought and with that I pass bye thanks Loretta appreciate it next up is Tina S followed by Maxine F thanks so much for your service for us Tina S recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida well, uh, wonderful shares. Um, I'm not sure that I could add much, but you know what really came to mind when we started to read this was that um, you know what I do is I suit up and I show up and I be of service because ultimately God is the ultimate authority and He's the one who gets somebody sober or abstinent, not me. But you know, I do the best that I can, and I'm and I'm willing to do that. You know, and I love that it talks about here was a prospect, prospect, all right, but by the description, none too promising. You know, how many of us were very promising, you know, and, and God has a plan. You know, God has a plan today. You know, I'm so grateful that somebody took the risk to carry the message to me, you know, and, and that's what I do today. 
you know, and, and I love that it was also talked about the use of spiritual principles. You know, that's what I do. That's what I practice today. There's a principle behind each step. There's a principle behind each tradition. There's a principle behind each concept. You know, and, and how well am I practicing these principles today? And, and ultimately, back in the day, they didn't have all these spiritual principles, but they did have um, the divine, like was talked about. You know, God is the ultimate authority, and he's the one who, who you know, steps in. You know, and I just suit up and I show up. And and it, and it says, but one of the friends said, put him in a private room, we'll be down, you know. And how eager am I to do that today, to really when somebody, you know, is reaching out for help, how willing am I to, you know, put him in a room and I'll be down. You know, it's a, it gives me, um, I guess, some uh, energy today to really, you know, uh, carry the message like the like the people back in the day did so that I can, you know, use my spiritual principles today that I have been taught and that I study, you know, through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It was talked about, you know, this is where the solution is. This is where I get those principles. This is where I get the direction on how to carry the message to the still-suffering alcoholic compulsive eater, you know, and how well am I doing that today one day at a time and carrying, doing the 12 steps and, you know, practicing these principles in all my affairs so that I'm able to carry the message to somebody else. And, you know, like I said, don't have, didn't have much to add because a lot was covered and, and thank you God that Bill and Bob carried the message to Bill Dotson and then on and on and on and and then ultimate to, the, to me so with that I'll pass, thanks so much Thanks Tina so before uh, Maxine jumps on there I'd like to let you know if you got on the meeting a little later where we're at, we're on page 156 a vision for you the fifth paragraph graph this paragraph <laughs> excuse me here was a prospect all right ending with will be down so maxine you are up it takes a long time to grow up being in the program has been a wonderful experience that helped me to do that. Learning to say no to yourself is very difficult. You have to overcome, this, let go all those past things that make you think you're entitled to have this thing to solve your, to save your feelings, to feel better. The fact is, we're all in this struggle together. We're all human people having a human experience. God put us on this earth to enjoy it, not suffer it. And we make choices every day that can predict tomorrow if we're going to be joyful or suffering. Very little choices can also be very big choices. And learning to say no is the first choice. It requires honesty, letting go of the past, and being who you are. There are invisible boundaries around us. I've written a book, The Red Line, that discusses just that, and I learned myself that only a dog goes back to its vomit to eat. And that thought has helped me stay away from what I shouldn't have. Because it's thinking, thinking that gets you to a place 
where you think you're entitled to have something you know you're not entitled to have. You have to pause and think it through. And growing up is hard to do. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Maxine. Can you let us know where you're from? Uh, right. Well, I'm a New Yorker, but right now I'm in Texas. Uh, awesome. Thank you very much. Yep. All right. Next up is Lynn F. Followed by me. Hey, good, good morning, Russ and my fellows. This is Lynn F. Recovered in Pennsylvania. And uh, thank you for all the beautiful shares this morning. And what I, um, when I read the line or when I heard the line, you know, we will be down. Um, I just get giddy inside, um, giddy because I am delighted to pass the message on. And um, preparing to speak this morning, just thinking about that, I remember it's burned in my mind the uh, lady who opened the door to me literally on my first OA meeting and ushered me inside. Uh, That meeting held a babysitter and I was able to get my toddler um, into care before the meeting began. And that idea that I, uh, that she could carry the message in that simple way is uh, burned. So what can I do today? I can carry the message in all my affairs. I can be down when someone's ready. I can be here when someone may or may not be ready. And the idea that my step 12, um, it has to happen no matter what, no matter what a sponsee's step zero um, does for them and what they do, it's different. It's different. My recovery is based on my relationship with my higher power. And to be part of this fellowship, I'm asked to carry this message and to practice my principles, and to have a spiritual awakening, to participate with God. And those are the things that I do. And as a result, I'm able to carry the message. So if, if, you, if you pick up and you want to do the program, if you don't pick up, if you show up, whatever it is, I'm here. And that loving kindness that we can all share um, isn't to be missed. So... That's what I got today, and on this rainy, uh, gray Friday, I'm just delighted to be with you all. Thanks so much. Thanks, Lynn. Next up is Mary G. Star one, Mary. We don't hear you. Please uh, press star one there, Mary. Can, can you hear me now? Hey, there you are. There it is. Uh, okay. Thank you, Beth. I'm Mary G. I'm recovering in Rochester, New York, and I'm I'm in class that might be thought of as not too promising, with <clears throat> a big history of relapse. But um, today, recovering by the grace of God, I'm so grateful for my sponsor and people who have continued to carry the spiritual message to me. And the message I keep getting is how my first step is tied to my relationship with God. And someone suggested a a podcast that I listened to the other night and the speaker said, 
do you really get that you're powerless? You're going to be rushing to a power greater than yourself. You're going to be rushing to spend time with that power. And it really bore in my heart. And so people have been carrying a message to me about how they spend time with God in the morning and in the evening, what their practice is. And I'm so inspired by many ways that people seek and find this higher power that enables them to be free of the food one day at a time. So I'm looking forward to the day when I can carry the message myself, the message of hope. So thanks for listening, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Mary. Next up is Bonnie B., and then we can take another list. Star one, Bonnie. Okay, how's that? All right, we got you. Thanks so much, Ross. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie, for the opening share. And um, as others have said, oh, well, how do you add to this? Bonnie B., I'm currently in Florida recently, or from the state of Minnesota, living here in Florida permanently now, recovered by the grace of God for today and so grateful. So this paragraph to me speaks of the necessity to um, carry this message. And, you know, for me personally, I, I, I relapsed when I got to step 12 because I was terrified of being a sponsor. Everybody screamed, you don't have it, you can't give it. And what I forgot was that, or what I, what I really didn't understand is that it had nothing to do with me. I was, I was still thinking it was me. I was thinking I had to show up and I had to present a certain way. And there was some image management in that, if I'm honest. But I had to present a certain way and I had to present exactly the way it needed to be presented for them to get um, recovered. And that's so not the truth. The truth is that we've been given a treasure map. It's the big book. And the treasure map, I used to think was the treasure, but it's not the treasure. It's the treasure map that gets me to the treasure. And the treasure is connecting with God in a way I've never connected with God before because when I connect at that level, my stinking thinking, which is, you know, I don't have an eating issue, I don't have a food issue, I don't have a restricting issue, I have a thinking issue, that is removed from me as I live in the steps. But I have to be willing to give it away. And I have to get over myself. I have to know that it has nothing to do with me. On page 13, I believe it says, um, common things have to become uncommon things. How do I know that there's a prospect? Because they're a mere image of me. On page 31, here's some of the methods I've tried. I mean, it's the DNA. So I have to be willing to love with no strings attached, no matter where a person's at, because that's what was done for me. And then trust God that he's going to do what only he can do in his timing. And my job description isn't to do anything other than to show, show up, live recovered, and love them. And I mean, every single paragraph is so powerful and so profound because it takes all the pressure off of us. It's not about God. And so I get to defer back to God, and then um, God does what only he can do, and he gets the glory for all of it. And then we get to pass it along to someone else. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks again. All right there, Bonnie. Thanks a lot. So we're going to open up the lines for sharing again. 
And if you shared in the past two days, please step back. We have time for about, I think, five more. You know me and the math. So uh, who would like to share on this? Hi, I'm Wanda. Can you hear me, Wanda? Darian Kay. Larry Kay. Better it'll be. Not sure if you got Karen W. I got, I got Larry. And I got Pedro. There was someone else there. Felicia Arias from New Jersey. Craig, yeah. Uh, Felicia and Craig. I think that's going to be it. So we. Uh, Wanda. Wanda would I like got, to I share. I got you, Wanda. I got, I got you. So I got Wanda, Darian K, Larry K, Pedro B, Felicia, and Craig F. I think we should. I hope to get everybody here. So, Wanda, you're up. Can you hear me? Gotcha. Yep. Oh, thank you so much. I love everybody. And this, the spiritual awakening that comes when you're, you know, at step zero and that you, you know, you're down and out and, you know, you're, uh, you're the walking dead and, you know, you're waking you're wondering when you're going to wake to the spiritual life that everybody talks about. And, uh, you know, I know that my first sponsor said abundance, you know, uh, she was so spiritual, but she didn't know that abundance could be hers. It was a, you know, and we live in an abundant society, but you know, what do we really have? We have each other. And I love you all. And, you know, uh, I know that for me, you know, after 14 years of bulimia, you know, that, you know, self-respect was very hard to come by, you know, that I uh, could I, you know, I, I felt like I could learn to love other people, but I had to love myself. And, you know, that's God's will, you know, but what does that really mean? You know, uh, for me, it meant following my food plan, but just to be, uh, you know, enjoying life. You know, I didn't enjoy life. I was, you know, I didn't laugh much. I didn't, uh, you know, practice joy, you know. Uh, and now I can laugh a lot more. I suffered a lot with the kidney transplant. And I mean, you know, I'm 70, but I just know that no matter what happens, uh, you know, I can find like the silver lining in that cloud. You know, it's always there. And, you know, there's always uh, the ability to ask other people for help. Don't be a, I'm not afraid to ask other people for help. I lived on the kindness of strangers and they always uh, somehow helped me. And I had to trust God. And what I tell myself all the time is that, that God will be there for me. And I have to, you know, just trust my higher power and uh, do all I can to uh, be a good person and, uh, you know, follow the steps, you know, the steps are the guide for me. So I'll shut up. I love you all. I hope everybody has a beautiful day. With that, I pass.
Thank you. Thanks, Wanda. Next up is Darren Kay, followed by Larry Kay. Oh, good morning, Ross. Can you hear me all right? Yep. Good. Um, yeah. Um, yes, I'm Darren Kay in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. <sighs> so grateful to be on the line with all of you this morning and hearing all these amazing shares and, you know, just making a picture in my mind of, <clears throat> um, you know, being at someone's bedside and that great length that they went to. I mean, we have it easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as they say, you know, just we can, you know, we can pick up the phone so easily and find, um, you know, newcomers, let's say they announce themselves even on the line, um, you know, or we can go to meetings and people will announce that they're new um, and struggling or even on the, you know, on the line, if you're not new, um, we, you know, you, you, hopefully you're able to share and, and let us know so that we can help you. And that, you know, they didn't have that back then. This this was really, um, you know, uh, man, they needed to seek people out um, and do that footwork, that heavy footwork that just um, helped them stay sober. Like, it's so simple to think about, but it's just not an easy task. And I think, you know, as human beings, we, I, I get I get sort of selfish, self-centered. Um, <clears throat> I want to isolate. Um, you know, I don't. It's too much work, or <laughs> all those stupid excuses um, that come up that you know um, give me that that's those silly ideas that I think I can just do this program alone. And there is no way. There's no way we can do this program alone. If we're doing it in isolation, it's a diet. We're just doing the food plan, like um, Janet said, and we're just, you know, not um, getting the, the beautiful benefits of this program. And when I hang up the phone after talking to someone, um, no matter where they are in the program, there's, there's, a, there's a little flutter in my heart. There's a, there's a, there's that a little adrenaline flow for me, you know, that, that I feel connected to somebody who understands me. And that I also maybe assisted in their um, recovery, maybe a tiny little bit, just by telling my story. Um, and it just gives me reason to continue, you know. And I've been continuing on for 37 years now, and it's just been a beautiful uh, journey. I mean, with lots of ups and downs, obviously, not everything lovely, but but it's just been amazing. Um, you know, to be able to reach out to others and sponsor people and just do, like I said, that footwork so that we can remain recovered ourselves and then help others. We can really feel good about helping others. I mean, that, that gives us purpose. I think I never had a purpose before um, program, and especially the diets never gave me purpose. The only purpose was to lose a few pounds and then go cheat on the weekends. That was my purpose. Thank you. And I, and I have a purpose that is a really soulful purpose today, and I'm so grateful. Thank you, and I pass. Thanks, Darian. Next up is Larry Kay, followed by Pedro. Hey, Russ, good morning. Uh, Larry Kay recovered from Chicago. Um, spiritual principles, what, what the hell is in it for me? What do I get out of it? Well, <laughs> that's, I think that's a valid question. Um, Bill and Bob, uh, they, they had an intuitive sense that they were going to get something from it. They were going to be able to stay sober. Um, but is that really sustainable? What if you've been sober for a time? 
you know, what's in it for me? Why, why continue to do it? Well, I'm a simple-minded guy. I'm a simple-minded dope. And, and because I, I, I like to think of accessing a power greater than myself through spiritual principles, it's, it's kind of akin to using a, a, a GPS navigation system. And, uh, you know, if you imagine you're driving through unfamiliar territory, right? We've all been there and you're, you're unsure of the directions to your destination. So you, 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 you turn on the GPS or, or you pull out a map. I don't know, but, but you turn on your GPS and it's a reliable guide, it, you know, and I trust the GPS just as I choose to trust the GPS system is going to provide accurate information. It's going to provide accurate directions. I have to have faith in spiritual principles. It involves a degree of trust in an underlying force, an underlying power that could guide me in my life. And I've come, you know, this, this, it found me, this, this, this trust versus me grasping for it, making it happen. And, you know, similarly, the spiritual principles found in the 12 steps provides me with the guidance and how to navigate lots of different aspects of life with compassion, service, honesty, integrity, not perfect with any of those things. And, and in reaching the destination, when I follow the GPS instructions, what happens? I increase the likelihood of arriving at my destination. And in a similar fashion, if I align my actions with spiritual principles, just like Bill and Bob, I tend to find myself more connected to a power greater than myself as a consequence of that. I, I experience greater fulfillment, peace, a sense of purpose, even where there's calamity. And then you know, we get to adapt to detours because, because when we put on our GPS system, sometimes there's roadblocks, there's detours, and the GPS recalibrates. God recalibrates me finds me alternative routes, you know, to reach a destination, you know, and, and, and then, you know, I have to remember just as a navigation system, they have different models. People have different diverse spiritual beliefs, different philosophies, theological philosophies, just fine. That's great. But the analogy emphasizes the importance of trust, following these principles, adapting, and then we find a deeper connection with the power greater than ourselves. So, I'm going with it. I'm, I keep turning on that GPS system. I'll use it. With that, I pass. Thanks, Russ. Perfect timing. Thank you. Uh, next up is Pedro, followed by Felicia. Mm, good morning. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. I'm sorry, Russ. Gotcha, buddy. Gotcha. Oh, I think. Yeah, thanks. Um, Thank you, my brothers and sisters, from uh, a vision for you. Uh, I want to uh, express my gratitude to all those people that reached out to me. I put up my phone number as a newcomer yesterday. I'm working on day five today. I'm very grateful. And, um, uh, yeah, I uh, I am Pedro B. I live in San Bernardino, California, and I am not recovered. Hopefully, I'll get recovered. Uh, so today I'm trying to stay abstinent. That's day five for me. My new uh, uh, afternoon day is uh, uh, September 3. My new sponsor's name is Alex C. And I started reading the doctor's opinion. Very excited. And uh, I, I decided to make a vision for you, my new home group, and, and uh, the Scottsdale in Arizona meeting also uh, a home group for me. And very excited about that. And I heard something 
very beautiful uh, this week already where it says, you know, recovery can be fun. Recovery can be a happy experience. It doesn't have to be this, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. Oh, I'm so happy that it doesn't have to be that way. But anyways, so uh, in the paragraph, here was a prophet, all right, but by the description, not too promising. That's me. Here's a prospect that I've been in food program for over 10 years, and I haven't been able to stay recovered. Stay asking it. It's my, it's, it's, it's my truth. It's my story. It's okay. I have to admit it. I have to uh, face to, it, to, to the fact that this is, I was talking to a lady yesterday, and she was telling me, listen, why rain is not important. Is what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Anyways, um, I'm glad to be here. Thank you, my brothers and sisters, for reaching out to me. I will do my best to work this program to the best of my ability today. Thank you, Lenny. Thanks, Pedro. So... I wish you're up. I think I think we should be good. We'll be good. I am Felicia F. from New Jersey, uh, recovering compulsive overeater. I'll keep it short. Thank you for everybody who's doing service at this meeting. Thank you for everyone that's here. And uh, thank you for everyone who shared today. What I love about what we read today is that, you know, I, too, in one of those prospects, you know, not too promising. And what I get from this is that it's not my job to decide who should get the message. God puts that person in front of me, and whether they've relapsed once, never, 500 times, it doesn't matter. I came over Eaters Anonymous over 40 years ago, and I've got six months of continuous abstinence today. You know, I I got very sick and almost died from this disease. And it takes what it takes. But nobody said to me, well, I'm not going to give you the message because you've had it too many times. And that's the beauty and the spiritual nature of this program. We, we sorry, we plant seeds. You know, and God works the rest of the magic. And so I'm just incredibly grateful for all those humble planters that have come before me. Thank you. I pass. All right. Thank you, Felicia. Next up is Craig F. And we might have time for one more. I think I missed somebody. So we'll see if we can get him in there. Craig, you're up, brother. All right, thanks. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks for us. Thanks for everybody's service today. The thing that I noticed here that catches my attention is that uh, Bill is saying that they uh, didn't understand spiritual principles very well, not like they, at that time, not like they would a few years later when he writes the book. In other words, within a, within a couple of years, uh, there, he's going to come to understand the spiritual principles 
an awful lot better. But the one thing that, that that tells me is that they may not have understood the spiritual principles very well, but they, but they did it anyway, you know? And a lot of times people are hesitant to sponsor. Uh, I see that all the time with sponsees. They get to step 12, they're hesitant to sponsor. And, but you, you got to do it anyway, you know? They did it uh, for all the right reasons. They did it in order to stay sober. And, uh, you know, one of the things that is evident that they didn't understand the spiritual principles is that uh, it was a not-too-promising prospect. And one of the things that we've come to learn is that those people that appear the worst, the people that are the most desperate, are sometimes the easiest or grab it the easiest because they're out of ideas. They're 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 out of options. They experimented with everything that they could try within the realm of medical science and self will and and uh, uh, discipline. And so now they're left only with spiritual principles. They're left only with a spiritual way of life. And so to label anybody as as hopeless. It is um, hopefully a uh, an endorsement. You know, I'm 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 hopeless. I, I have proven to myself over and over and over again that uh, that I am a not too promising case on my own. My only hope is a spiritual awakening. My only hope is a spiritual way of life. My only hope is. Uh, to enlarge and, and perfect my spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, my my only hope, and that's a spiritual principle, and, and one that Bill and Bob are just at this point learning, getting to understand, and that gives me hope because uh, it didn't uh, that that principle, that idea didn't come to them automatically. Uh, I'm not. Uh, a spiritual retard. I'm just like they are. I've had to learn that lesson through experience. God. And uh, it, thanks. And as long as I learn the lesson and apply it, I'll be okay. And that'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Craig. Uh, I miss Pete being that in that mess there of uh, cacophony. So Pete, we got a minute if you want it. Cutting it. Oh, there you go. You there? Star one, Pete. Marion H. Well, I had this. Uh, I missed Pete, so I was hoping that Pete would jump on there. Now we got about 30 seconds. Marion H. Well, we just. Now we got to we have to close the meeting. I'm sorry. Sorry to, for confusing you. I'd like to thank everyone who shared today. Uh, please re, uh, join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. All right. Today's share ID is 20,688. That's 20688 for the 7 a.m. meeting Friday, September 29th. All right. We will now close the uh, meeting. What do you see? Green from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
right. Uh, reading from the big books, uh, uh, page 164, Tenzin P is going to take care of that for us. Okay. Um, uh, great meeting today. Thank you to everyone. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We really know, we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you very much.